Welcome to the Mobile Game Dev Playbook. This podcast is brought to you in association with Game Refinery. Join us as we uncover the latest trends in mobile game design. Hello and welcome to the Mobile Game Dev Playbook. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. This is the podcast that provides insights into what makes a great mobile game, what is and isn't working for mobile game designers, and all the latest trends. I'm your host, John Jordan. So today's topic is player insights. That's learning from your players to make better games. And we'll talk about some of the tools and techniques that are available to help developers gain these uh, actionable intelligence data points that help them build better mobile games. Uh, joining me this week from Game Refinery is Erno Kieski. How's it going, Erno? It's going great. How are you, John? Yes, yes, not, not too bad, not too bad. And we also have two uh, experts in the area of player insights, each with their own particular angle that we're going to kind of delve into the subject with. Um, first up, we have John Lee, who's the uh, co-founder at PickFu. How's it going, John? It's going well, John. Thanks. Good. There are too many Johns. That could be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, can you talk a little bit uh, about PickFu and, and what you do and a little bit of, about your kind of history as well, maybe? Oh, sure thing. Um, so PickFu is a do-it-yourself consumer research um, service. So we have a panel of over 10,000 uh, U.S. consumers um, who play mobile games or shoppers and so on. And PickFu allows you to run quick, short polls on these consumer panels. It's kind of like a um, digital focus group. Um, so we've been, uh, my co-founder and I have been running this business for a number of years. We started it because we built it for ourselves as a tool, well, as a side project while we were running a different business. Um, and as things generally happen, the side business became the real business when we found that it was really useful for other people to also get insights onto the products that they're building. It's funny how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah, really all the way. <laughs> seems to happen. Lots of innovation happens because people aren't thinking about it as the big innovation. And it's just, oh, it's something we can kind of mess around with or something we need. Um, and actually, over, over time, you realize that actually the, the really important bit. Great. Um, so it'd be good to, to delve into the insights you've gained there. And also uh, joining us is uh, Jen Bolton from MojiWorks. How's it going, Jen? Yes, really well. Thanks so much. Good. Um, so, yeah, do you want to tell us a bit about uh, MojiWorks and, and what you do there? Yes, sure. Uh, we are a social games company located in uh, Guildford in the UK. Uh, we started uh, in late 2016 with the idea that chat and messaging apps could be uh, the next big thing for games. Um, we tested that idea on iMessage uh, with a cute little turn-based RPG uh, that you could play with a friend called MojiQuest. That did really well. Uh, so we built on that with another game, Moji Bowling. And a million downloads later, we reckoned we might be onto something with that. Um, so from there, uh, we tried a bunch of instant games concepts for Facebook Messenger. Um, Facebook then changed their strategy for Messenger. Uh, but by that time, we were talking to Snap about making stuff for their new Snap Games platform. So now we're partnered with them. Uh, and we get to experiment with creating game experiences that are really super Snapchatty, uh, And we get to loop in great stuff like 3D Bitmojis and stickers. Um, at this point, our first game has been live for coming up on a year and a half. Uh, and it's had more than 65 million players which is really nice. Mm. Uh, and we've got another game called Trivia Party, and that's headed for global launch next month. Both my fingers are crossed. <laughs> We're really excited about that. No pressure then. <laughs> um, no, of course not. Um, <laughs> a little bit about me. Uh, I've been doing community relations work for various types of interactive entertainment since uh, the turn of the century. Uh, I'm ancient. Mm. <laughs> um, I started out doing chat and forum stuff for Channel 4 in the UK. Then went to NCSoft to lead their EU community strategy for all their games. 
Then I got into startups, uh, an online games consultancy, a company that makes 3D printed toys from digital avatars, and now a social games company. So startup culture is in my blood now. Um, I really, I don't think I can escape, honestly. Um, I really love what I do. Uh, I think that at MojiWorks, we're really helping people connect uh, through really special types of play on the platform. Um, and so uh, I'm super excited about where we're going. Good. Okay, so um, thanks for the introductions. Now let's get down to business. So we have this kind of concept, I guess, term we, we should use, kind of, kind of player insights. Um, I have to I have to admit, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure kind of what that is. I, I I probably you know I guess we could we can kind of work out we're going to get some some insights from from players. <laughs> I guess that's kind of a <laughs> um, the one hundred and one on that. But uh, as as the sort of uh, experts in the field, uh, maybe go to you first, Jen. Um, uh, from someone who's kind of running a commercial kind of product around this, what what, what do you actually mean um, by player insights? And, and I guess it it will be different from game to game, but in terms of kind of the sort of um, the games you're doing, uh, how does player insights kind of fit into into that? Yeah, yeah. So you, we are making games for an audience, uh, and to be successful at that, you really have to uh, know what that audience wants, and you have to deliver to those needs. So you need to know what those needs are. Uh, and you also need a process for collecting them, for understanding them, uh, and for using them to keep improving what you're making and improve your games over time. So what you don't want to do is fall into the trap of making games for yourself, um, which can be very easy to do. And, uh, you know, it can be a real danger to, to teams and to their games. The good news is there are a bunch of approaches that you can take um, to this, uh, to getting player insights and working with them. And there are a lot of tools that can help help you, uh, often very cost effectively. So um, I'm happy to share today a little bit about how we do things at MojiWorks. Um, our philosophy is that um, we, get, we get insights any way we can, um, and we get them at all stages of development, like from concept on, like it's that important to us. Uh, when you've got an idea about what you want to make, um, you're, you're taking inspiration from somewhere. Um, you kind of know similar games, what players of similar games want. Um, but we take those beliefs uh, and the assumptions and we start poking at them, like almost from the very beginning. And we do this really often. Um, so we try to come out things with openness and, and genuine curiosity about what's going on. Like, here's an idea we have. What do you think of it? Like, uh, what's your preference? If you prefer A to B, how come that is? Um, like, I don't think that there's any such thing uh, as asking why too much. Um, and letting players try on uh, your ideas as you construct your game um, is so valuable. You ask them how it feels for them and you get real uh, information that can help you. And when you make a consistent effort to do that over time, to understand your players uh, and learn more and more about what feels good for them and what they like, um, I mean, your chances of making something that they really love and stick to uh, goes way up. Okay, good. That's a good starting point. Excellent. Um, John, I mean, obviously your product uh, isn't specifically uh, related to games. Um, do you have any kind of uh, kind of data around, you know, where game developers use it or, or how they use it? Because there's kind of lots of different ways it can be used, isn't it? It's a fairly open sort of a platform. Yeah, yeah. We built PickFu to be um, available for anyone to use. So we, um, <clears throat> our customers span verticals uh, as broad as authors testing book titles and book covers to people selling on Amazon um, testing their product listings and their product images in the search in the Amazon search results. Um, but mobile game developers have been one of our biggest and earliest um, customer segments, and so we've seen we've actually seen a lot of. 
uh, mobile game testing on the platform. Um, the first set of developers who uh, sort of organically discovered PicFu, we saw most of those kinds of customers using it sort of later in the game development journey uh, in on the UA side. So testing, uh, imagine testing app icons to see which is the better app icon to use in the App Store or testing App Store screenshots to understand um, how potential players would react to the, both what the screenshots were themselves, but even also the order of the screenshots. And so on PicFu, you can put up anywhere between one to eight options and either ha and have respondents choose the one that they like. And then the key, the key insight here is that we also require all of the respondents to explain why. So that's where sort of the digital focus group aspect comes into it. And oftentimes, um, we, we see a lot of our customers come in thinking they just want to know what, which one is better, A or B, um, and they'll want to target uh, they'll want to target a demographic composition that matches sort of their target audience. So we allow targeting by mobile gamers and mobile game genre and all of that stuff. And so they'll come for the quantitative aspect where they want A or B and they just want to count votes. But what they're really blown away by is the qualitative aspect when they see all the different written responses from all the different players um, on our panel and sort of similar to what Jen was talking about. It's really digging into sort of those um, comments that brings out a lot of insight. So on the UA side, uh, gamer game developers test the app icons and the app store screenshots. But more and more we see that um, game developers are becoming savvier and understanding that the earlier you test and the earlier in the process that you gain, try to collect these gamer insights, the more valuable they're going to be to making sure that the game that you're creating is headed in the right direction and is really resonating with your target audience. Okay, those are two interesting uh, responses. So I, I guess kind of what I'm kind of learning from that is while the kind of individual questions uh, that you could be asking via something like PickView or, or, or um, I guess in a, in, a, in a slightly different way um, uh, that you'd be doing uh, MojiWorks, Jen, um, and while those answers are, are sort of useful, um, I, I guess sort of the more questions you're asking um, to that audience, the more you're kind of starting to find the the sweet spot of what the audience wants and the, in, in terms of the product you're sort of offering them, which is, I guess, for many developers, the hardest thing to kind of work out. Um, you know, developers are very good at sort of making games. And I guess, as you alluded to, Jen, we have, we've had this idea of buy gamers for gamers, which is still a term <laughs> which um, is used. And I would, I would say for some games, that's, that's, that's very appropriate, but really... The game industry has moved moved on along. I mean, there's lots lots more people who are interested in games um, than necessarily people who would call themselves gamers. So so it's it's, it's kind of part of the process. Um, Erno, you you, you a game refinery. You also have um, some kind of a insight into player insight. If that's not too many insights. Um, what well, what kind of data do you do you see? Yeah. So well, of course, first and foremost, game refinery is a like market research tool. So providing data uh, on the actual product side and the, the like the unique thing that we do at game refinery is that we go on the game design we go on the game feature side and so on so of course when you are let's say making a new game or new concept you are interested in let's say looking at the market what are the similar games how they have built what kind of features features for example those games have or what kind of a live ops they have what kind of events they have had and stuff like that and then that's the kind of like of course the beef and butter 
uh, off, the, off the game refiner service. But nowadays, on top of that data, we have built these uh, different like uh, estimation uh, algorithms also for the, for example, demographics and also for the motivations. So a good example that we have seen in the market is the, uh, the evolvement of the match-free match -free game market. So we had the candy crosses, the simple level after level uh, type of type of game gameplay then we saw playerics come with gardenscapes homescapes bringing those meta layers those uh, kind of like a building uh, aspects uh, into the game and then for example project makeover the latest big big match tree uh, puzzle hit uh, they even built on top of that so they added this kind of like a visual look uh, makeover like project runaway Type, type of stuff and that is something that also is kind of like a tied directly into the uh, motivational side of those games so if we look at Candy Crush and our for example motivation data uh, you can clearly like directly see that okay it was more based on the like the thinking solving like a thinking solving uh, motivation that was the main driver uh, of those games but then the match free market has also evolved uh, in uh, like um, um, outside of that so for example project makeover they have a lot of uh, audience and similar kind of like a motivations also from the like the customization decoration motivations that we used to be seen that we were used to see in games like covet fashion and and games like that so that's kind of like where we come in so naturally looking at the looking at the games in the market looking at kind of like doing the deconstructions onto the feature level but then on top of that you are let's say you're interested in trying to tap in specific type of motivations and then we are there to kind of like try to help that okay we want to build our social uh, elements and we want to kind of like a, uh, uh, fulfill or kind of like a help uh, our players to enjoy uh, our game in a social manner and then we are there to help the uh, kind of like a uh, build the products and show what the market is doing uh, in terms of this type, type of motivations and so on. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you're looking at the uh... You, you're kind of uh, looking at what the players of competitive of your competitors' games are doing, and kind of learn, kind of learning from their insights. Almost, it's a sort of, a sort of diff different different way of getting the same. Yeah, learning from the market or like outside the genres, and what we all often often like to say our clients. And what our clients often do is that they don't necessarily just like blindly stare at their direct competitors. Usually, innovation comes from somewhere outside of that. So you are like like for example, project makeover. They were taking elements from the customization genre and then brought that to the mastery uh, mastery genre and now they were able to uh, make a kind of like a nice game uh, with that kind of combination good um so i'm gonna uh, now kind of kind of change change track and and, and uh, kind of approach it from the opposite direction and i guess this is a, a famous quote um uh, from from Steve Jobs, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe his reputation is, is not kind of what it what it was these uh, now compared to what it was ten years ago. But um, but kind of famously, he he always had this idea about why he never did market research. And, and player insight, I guess, is a little bit different to market research. But but um, but but he 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 kind of was suggesting it's a bit different, maybe for hardware design. But um, you know, he he thought his job and Apple's job was to figure out kind of what can what customers wanted when they didn't really know what they wanted because. As he as he kind of said, if if uh, if Henry Ford had asked his customers what they want, they'd say they want a faster horse. So um, I don't know who wants to jump in on that one. I mean, obviously it's an extreme kind of a kind of example, um, and it's not to say that people shouldn't be doing kind of player insight at all. But but I guess there is um, what I would take from that is 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 sort of how you structure your player insights and sort of the type of questions you're asking. So obviously I don't think anyone would suggest that their players should be designing the product for them. 
I guess what we're saying is getting insight from potential players is really useful to shaping the product. So, so what what point do we think that you know the, the designer has to kind of have, have sort of the vision, and then you're using player insights to kind of shape that? Would that be a fair way, Jen? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you you're right in that your players are never going to tell you what you should make because you know they they don't know, uh, and the, the people who are very loud. Um, there are often very few uh, like of them. The vocal minority is very much a thing, right? So if you let them guide you, that can be a trap. Um, what they will do is they'll tell you what they think of what you are making. Um, and so what we will often do, um, we we test in a, in a bunch of different ways. So we can test A-B right on Snapchat um, for gameplay and features uh, right in the game. Um, and we can test, we actually use PicFu. <laughs> so that's one of our go-to uh, go to tools, which we absolutely love. Um, it's the best way that we found for kind of testing creative, like visual assets and stuff outside of Snapchat. So um, we'll use that when we want, you know, we want uh, that qualitative uh, feedback on uh, stuff like tone and style, like, um, what people say about what you're making, the words that they use. Um, we have certain keywords that we really care about because we know that they resonate really strongly with our Snapchat audience. Um, we're a little bit different in that, um, you know, we're our, our games live on Snapchat, and so like that's where our efforts are concentrated there. And so we're a bit different from traditional mobile gamers in that way, but we still want to make informed decisions about stuff like visual assets and messaging. Um, we know our audience well enough now to have a little bit of a head start on tone and theme, uh, but there are times when we're looking to change something, uh, change an asset or introduce a new one, and we want to get a sense check on that. So that's when we go uh, to PicFu. Um, so on PicFu, like we'll, we'll run a few different variants against each other, um, and what John said about the why, that's absolutely true for us. Like, we're not just looking to pick a winner. We're looking to get why, uh, people choose one thing over another and what they say about the asset and how it makes them feel. That's the really valuable information because under this understanding why, um, helps to shape our future decisions too, not just around that one thing, but, but where we go from there. Right. So I think that's that's super important. So then, no, you shouldn't let players tell you <laughs> what to make, although they can give you great ideas uh, that you can then, you know, play around with and, and test and see like how that fits into your vision. Um, but they'll definitely tell you what they like and don't like um, and, and what their impressions are of what you are doing. And that's super valuable. So, so John, with, with PicFu, is it? It, it, does it have, does the the questions you're asking do they are they just generally visually led or do they sort of have to be visually led is that kind of how how they how they're set up they don't have to be visually led so um our you can test anything you can te just ask an open ended question to a targeted audience segment of your choice um or you can test text images video audio like we've 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 had game developers test um um mobile video ads before they put them up on Facebook or somewhere else. You know, um, a lot of times what we will see is for in the mobile gaming space is testing a lot of visual elements, a lot of visual creatives. And so um, similar to what Jen was talking about in terms of testing, really testing about the sort of theme and tone um, and style. Um, so for one example, we see a lot of 
um, we see a lot of developers t doing uh, testing character designs. So let's say you, you know, obviously everyone creating a game or any kind of product, they start off with that vision, right? I mean, obviously you don't just ask the customer what they want. You, you have a vision of what you think is going to appeal for your target audience. And then once you go, you start, you start on that journey. But as you're going on that creative journey, you are going to be coming up with a lot of different variations. And so, for example, um, in terms of testing uh, character design or character art, we've seen a lot of companies, uh, developers come on and they'll have their they'll have their artists come up with eight different character designs for one character, right? You can draw a single character in a lot of different ways. And even with a design brief, you still have a lot of different ways to sort of express the tone, the um, like the outfits, the the positioning of the character. And so then they'll come and put it on PicFu um, and ask about sort of which character do gamers prefer and why. And a lot of times then they'll dive in, not just counting the votes, but they'll dive into the comments. And it's analyzing those comments and sort of seeing what keywords keep, keep appearing uh, for each option based on what they chose. Uh, that's really where you get the insight of sort of the motivations, kind of like what Erna was talking about, about sort of the motivations um, of the gamers and what actually draws them to be attracted or to prefer a certain character design versus another. I, I suppose in, in that sense, the kind of the, the visuals are the, um, are the way of kind of... Uh getting getting people to kind of think quite intuitively i guess if you ask a a, a a you know a text question then people think in a different way um and potentially you know there's a visual thing you just go which one do you like best that's that's sort of a gut reaction isn't it that's, that's very easy for people to just go well, that right <laughs> yeah and then and then they can then after they've chosen it then they can describe the, the why they chose that but but if you just have a text question then they're kind of trying to describe before they've almost kind of kind of had the had the gut reaction because there's because there's not, nothing to see and, and I guess also visually it allows people as you mentioned Jen that you, people should be doing this throughout development so you obviously start off with the concepts side and and you you know going all the way through to to kind of advertising campaigns um, for UA so yeah one thing that we found that's really helpful is um, the more distinct the variants are um, the better it's because if you test things that are quite close together in terms of you know what what they might connote uh, for people then that kind of muddies the waters quite a lot. We get our best results when the concepts are really distinct or when the visuals are quite different from each other. That's when we get the best results uh, and the best impressions. Just a little tip. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I would second that as well. We see we see that as well uh, on our platform is the, make sure what you're testing are, uh, the items that you're testing are distinct and different. Do you think now that this kind of concept of, of player insights is now something that, that is pretty well embedded into the um certainly the kind of mobile game sector or or is it still seen as i guess it depends a little bit on how how um you implement it into your um kind of development um live ops kind of processes um or i mean jen do you, do you still feel like you you're 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 uh you know you guys are quite uh uh early uh to be paying this much attention to it or, or do you think this is sort of how sort of you know all all, all decent mobile game studios should be using this sort of stuff now oh wow well, um yeah we're not typical um at all uh so our our ceo knew um that he wanted to be he wanted a team that was data influenced uh, and so he, before I was hired, so I was hired when MojiWorks raised Series A in 2017. 
um, a few months before I was hired, um, a data scientist was hired and, and he now heads up the data insights function. So we've got a two part function within MojiWorks. Um, we've got, uh, we've got the data insights team that work with the game data. They, you know, um, they take a look at patterns, they make predictions, stuff like that. Um, and then there's my team, the player insights. So we talk to players, um, we get the qualitative stuff and we, we have that balance internally. So our, our, uh, we've got like, it's like two sides of the brain, right. <laughs> to be really hackneyed about it. Um, but, and we work together quite closely and we feed off of each other. Um, and so that is not typical, but I think that that gives us a real advantage. Uh, and it's something that, you know, I think a lot of companies would want to do, uh, and, and would really benefit from it's just, it's difficult to make a decision that early, um, you know, to, to, to hire those people and spend resource that way. Um, I think it's been really good for us. Uh, we're on a really good path. And by this point, like a few years down the road, um, and having worked with a few different platforms, like, you know, we're building a really rich understanding of, of what's going on uh, and we're about to scale. So our teams are going to get bigger. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we think this is the way to go. I mean, we'd recommend it to any games company, you know, if you can swing it, uh, we think it's definitely worth the investment. I mean, obviously you're, you're targeting a very specific kind of platform, um, which I, I guess is a very dynamic kind of platform <laughs> um and 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 is a different sort of gaming experience so um i i guess kind of one one, one discussion point would be well you you've got this really you, you built this very uh, specific sort of uh kind of team because you're doing this in a, in a very um you know ultra competitive uh in terms of players time <laughs> and attention um kind of kind of environment and and maybe you know as a devil's advocate you say the, mo the mobile game space maybe doesn't need that level of of um of insight yet because while things move fast in mobile games they don't move as fast as they do something on snapchat would you would you uh would you argue against that <laughs> uh no i mean not everybody needs to take the same approach like i don't think that one size fits all um, and there are a bunch of options, you know, even, you know, for doing things in different ways that could get just as good results for what you're trying to do. So, um, like if you're looking to test appeal, all you've got to do is get your ideas in front of your target audience, right? Um, however you can, you don't, you don't need dedicated people to do that. Um, it, it does help like, um, uh, but you know, if, if you've got a way to, to get those ideas in front of players, uh, and, and listen to them. Uh, and then communicate and act on that. Like that's all you really need in the beginning. Um, if you're active on social media, you can recruit folks from there that you can survey or get into builds. Like that's quite easy to do with just one person. Um, I mean, I can talk a little bit about what we do on Snapchat in a minute, but um, as you say, that's really specific. Uh, there are also like companies out there who can help you get insights from your target audience. Like, so you could work with a partner uh, to help you do that. Now, if you've got the budget to do that, you know, that's a thing that, that you could consider. Um, there's also obviously like tools like PicFu, uh, game refineries, you know, partners like that, that, uh, that you can work with on the regular, do research, run polls. Um, you know, that's, that's really easy to do to, to get detailed preference data, like packaged up for you. Um, and there's also like platforms, if you want to optimize for UX, there's, there's platforms that can help you with that. So I guess what I'm saying is there's a whole bunch of different approaches. Like, um, we, I can just go on Snapchat uh, and get feedback on all kinds of stuff, like by talking directly to Snapchatters. 
that's what we do. We've got a creator channel there. Um, and a big part of my day is just kind of chatting about the game uh, and, and talking to players uh, like, hey, <laughs> want to see something new and tell us what you think? Like I have a load of one to one chats with them. Right. And I manually record things, which is super time consuming. There's only one of me at the moment, you know, dedicated to doing this. Um, but it's never not been worth making that effort so far for us. Um, and there can be like however much bandwidth you think you can spend on whatever, you know, uh, channel is best for you. Like that, I think that makes a lot of sense. We've even taken our game into the streets of Guildford. Like <laughs> you could do that. Like just ask people passing by to, you, you know, do you want to play a game? Uh, we found it works surprisingly well. And like testers gravitate towards you. If you say thank you with really good chocolate, like just have a lot of that <laughs> on hand. Like, honestly, it's, it's easy to get stuck and not do it. If you think you don't know, how to find your people, or you think you don't have enough resource. Like, but if you get a bit creative, uh, like you can surprise yourself with how much success you can get. I think there's definitely something uh, when mobile came in that it became this, and, and games became much more accessible. Um, I guess it's always one of the things that, that, that developers are not always the most sociable of people. So, so for them to take their kind of prized uh, kind of uh, project out into the and have to talk to kind of normal people <laughs> was uh, often often quite quite difficult for them. But but I think yeah, as you say, that the people who do it, they often you just I, I guess find some very easy gotchas that there's some basic thing that basic that people just can't don't get their head around um, that can be potentially quite easily easily solved. Um, I mean, uh, John for for Pickfu, um, wh where are you where are you kind of going with the with the platform? Obviously, there's um, as we're starting to see, there's lots of different uh, ways in which player insights can be uh, can be gathered. Um, are you kind of happy with Pickfu as it is? Do you think it's kind of fulfilling the need or do, uh, normally most uh, entrepreneurs have, have have a vision for where they get their platforms going? Is there anything you can you can tell us about where you, where you hope to go? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so we're, we're definitely not, we think it's a very useful tool and service as is for mobile developers. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot, lot more room to grow. And so I think uh, right now Pickfu is, uh, our panel is 100% uh, based in the U.S., so it's great if you're targeting U.S. gamers or U.S. consumers. Uh, we definitely have plans to expand that to go international um, within the next year or so. So that should open up a lot of um, sort of consumer, like geographic region targeting across the world. So we're really excited about that. Um, and then we definitely have plans to improve uh, grow and uh, grow the number of tools and sort of different ways of testing and polling that we're able to provide for our um, for our users, as well as grow um, sort of the depth of targeting that we're able to offer. So that's something that just grows over time as we build up more, um, I guess, insights about our own panel and sort of learn more about their preferences, um, the types of games that they like, the platforms that they play on, and so on. Uh Erno, how how what, what's your kind of views on on, on how how the, the discussion is is going? Do you think um, I mean are you seeing more interest from your clients about using these sort of um, your tools? I mean your tools are slightly different in terms of it's not direct um, kind of uh, insights from the or direct direct from players, but how, how are you seeing that change? Yeah, definitely. Of course, like like you said, we are a little bit different uh, from from. Uh, Big four, or what? What you guys are doing in, at Mochi Works, uh, of course, uh, naturally. Uh, but but yeah, definitely. 
it's something that's never gonna go away and that's that's always the like thing that you have to do you have to try out things you have to tr- uh, go to your players you have to test out things that's never going away but that's kind of like a that's how we always kind of like a position ourselves so we're there to kind of like a try you to help to make the choices to go for or make make the choices to try out for in in game design uh, manner so you do your market research you do your like competitive research and search kind of like the what the market has what kind of games there are what kind of uh, motivational drivers there are for those games and then you think about okay that could be a let's say an ocean for us a blue ocean for us that could be go go there and and then let's 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 make a game in that sense and then of course you build a like a early 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 prototype or you start then testing testing different uh different things with the tools like pickfu for example so definitely it's 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 something that's never gonna go away in my opinion and, and, and i guess I'm, I'm kind of getting the kind of um the idea that it, it really I, mean, I think you said actually jen because uh, it's kind of no size fits all and i guess different game developers have Sort of different approaches to how they do development. They they kind of um, have different uh, kind of strengths and weaknesses. Um, some may be more kind of art led. Some may, some may be more kind of kind of sort of kind of hardcore design led. Some some may be a bit more kind of uh, kind of focused on, on on audience. Maybe a bit more commercially focused in, in some ways. But but I guess um, the conclusion I'm kind of getting is is no matter what structure you've got, you, this is something you sh- that you should be doing. This is this is something that even 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 starting to do this. Um, will probably have a uh, fairly significant or uh, have a fairly significant impact at least in terms of things that you wouldn't otherwise um, knowledge you wouldn't otherwise get because if it's just the only people playing your games are the people making the games then, then that's, that's you're not you're not going to no, it's very hard for, for for those people to come up with something kind of uh, different in terms of attitude to the game or why not do this or I really like that um, so even if you're just using something like discord I suppose I mean that would be the I guess that would, maybe that, that would be the a starting point Sure, it could be. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, what, whatever, whatever, wherever your people are, however you can get to them, whatever you're, you know, comfortable uh, using, um, that can be made to work. Um, it's all about, you know, that the just getting the communication uh, and, you know, figuring out how to really work with that stuff. Uh, as well. So that the how, you can figure out the how. We can all figure out the how. It's going to be different for each of us. Um, but as you say, like it, there is a point to doing it. Um, there is value in it. Um, and definitely knowing what your, what your players like uh, and how that evolves over time can only help you make better decisions and better games. Lovely. Well, um, I guess uh, we could, we could be delving kind of deeper into 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 uh, this kind of subject and maybe come back to it for for another podcast. But I think for the uh, for for an introduction into into player insights, um, I've certainly learnt uh, quite a bit um, about how we should be going about this. So um, thanks very much uh, to our experts. Thanks uh, to John uh, at Pickfu. Yeah, thanks for having me on, John. It was great. Good, and uh, thanks to uh, Jen at MojiWorks. Oh, it's been really fun. Thanks, everybody. And uh, Erno at Game Refinery. Thanks for coming on again. Thank you, thank you. And uh, thanks to you uh, listeners for, for listening for another episode. Um, don't forget to subscribe. We, we are on the usual podcast channel, so you can find us very easily. And uh, every episode, we are kind of delving into different aspects of, of the mobile game sector. Uh, there's so much going on. There's, as you can kind of see, there's so many different techniques and so many different um, areas of expertise um, that, that now kind of come together to, to make... Uh, 
a great mobile game. So I hope you find this kind of stuff educational. Uh, if you do, that'd be great if you could give us a review. That just helps other people who are interested in making mobile games uh, find the podcast. But uh, thanks for listening to this episode and come back next time. Thank you.